Just a, a wonderful passage here this morning as we come together for prayer to seek the face of the Lord, to unite our hearts together in this pursuit. Uh, Ephesians is a, gives us a wonderful prayer uh, from the Apostle Paul uh, that he prays for the Christians at Ephesus and that certainly can be prayed for all of us together this morning. Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to read the entirety of the chapter. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, He predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of His will, to the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him, this is in Christ, in Him, verse 7, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will, according to the purpose which He set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of His glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of His great might, that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him a head over all things, gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. One of the things you pick up on as you look at Ephesians chapter 1 here is just Paul's excitement, Paul's passion, uh, his exalted praise for God's work of salvation, both in his life and in the life of the believers there at Ephesus. In verses 3 through 6, he focuses upon the, the Father's sovereign election that God chose in eternity past, those whom he would save. So he praises the Father. And then in verses 7 through 10, he, he praises the Son for the Son's atoning sacrifice upon the cross, pouring out His blood 
for the sins of those he came to save, that their sins might be forgiven. So praise to the Father, praise to the Son, and then in verses 11 through 14, it's praise to the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Holy Spirit who takes God's electing love, the Father's electing love, and the, the work of the Son upon the cross, and seals it to the believer. So it's the Holy Spirit sealing of the promise of their inheritance in Christ Jesus. So what you have here in, in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, is, is Paul's praise of the work of our triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit, all that He has executed, all that He has affected through Jesus Christ and the work of the Spirit for the salvation of His people. <laughs> Ephesians 1, 1 through 14 is just praise to God. Why? Because our salvation is only and all because of them. It's only because of God. It's all of grace. This is why he's celebrating. This is why he's just, he's stumbling over his words trying to find the fullness of vocabulary to, to praise God because Paul knows in his own life salvation is undeserved. It's unmerited. He did nothing for it. He didn't earn it. He wasn't good. He wasn't religious. He wasn't moral. He wasn't holy. But rather, it's all of grace, grace in eternity past, when God, before the foundation of the world, before he had even created the structure of the universe that we see, Paul and those that God intended to save were on God's mind. That's grace. He knew us, and he knew who he would save. Grace when he sent Jesus in the fullness of time to go to the cross, to die the death we deserve to do, and then raised him from the dead that we might have eternal life. Grace in eternity, throughout eternity future, because of the work of the Holy Spirit sealing us and securing the blood of Christ to us. No wonder Paul praises so earnestly here in verses 1 through 14. And then in verse 15, Paul takes his own praise to God for this amazing grace, all of grace, all of God, none of Paul, none of us. And he turns this to prayer, prayer for God's people, prayer that God would do something, the God who has saved us would do something so that in our daily lives we would flourish in our relationship with him. And particularly he prays when you get down to verse 17 that we might grow in our understanding of what he just talked about in verses 1 through 14. That we might grow in our understanding of grace. That we might grow in our understanding of what the Father has done for us in predestining us, in electing us, in loving us in eternity past. That we might know that. That we might know the great cost that it cost to, to save us through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And that we might understand that right now and throughout all eternity, we are secure by his love through the work of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's praying here in verse 17, that we might grow in our understanding specifically, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That God may give us, oh God, open their eyes to help them to see it's all of you and none of them. It's all of grace. 
The spirit of wisdom and knowledge he talks about there is not human spirit. It's not human knowledge. It is the wisdom and knowledge that can come only through the Holy Spirit who ministers to our heart, who reveals these things to us through the Word of God. He's praying that our hearts would be enlightened. Paul understands knowledge of Christ can never be just mere information. Do you feel that tension? Knowledge of Christ, knowledge of God's grace in Christ can never be just mere information. And there's a lot of people today walking around who have knowledge of the gospel, but whose eyes have not been opened and enlightened to see the glory of God. And living upon that, surrendering everything to him. But this is the prayer. Knowing the facts of Christ's life, death, and even on this Resurrection Sunday, the facts of His resurrection, that's one thing. But being able to take those things and discern them as Christians and to live upon them, that's something altogether different. To cling to that, to live every day upon the person and work of Jesus Christ, that's what Paul is talking about here. When he talks about our eyes being enlightened, we all know what it is to walk into a dark room and turn on the lights, right? Now all of a sudden, that which you couldn't see, now you can see into corridors and see areas that otherwise you wouldn't have been able to see if the light had not come on. And the same thing when it comes to our understanding of God and the gospel of grace, that the Holy Spirit would turn on the lights, that we might see what previously wouldn't see, that we might understand what we previously rejected. That salvation is all of God in eternity past. That he predestined those that he loved to be saved through Jesus Christ. That he would turn on the lights. That we would see it and embrace it and worship and live upon it. The life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he explains in verse 18 how the triune God works these things out. By the power of God. Verse 20. That he worked in Christ, the grace that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places. What Paul is talking about here when he references the resurrection is this. The power necessary to save a soul like Paul, like Jake Cooper, like Jenny Hewitt, like Kingsley Adebayo, The same power that it takes to save a soul is the same power that was necessary to raise Jesus from the dead. That's the point he's making here. The power that saves a soul is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. In order to understand the immeasurable greatness, verse 19, of his power toward us, we must grasp the power it took to raise Jesus from the dead. It's never been imitated. Being able to raise somebody from the dead, never to die again, that takes omnipotent power. And it takes not one smidgen less than that to take your and my dead heart, dead soul, and to bring it to life. And so Paul here is praying, oh God, open our eyes for your glory, that we may see you 
and see all that you've accomplished for us in Jesus Christ. And that we might recognize that all that we are on this Resurrection Sunday is by your grace. And that you've accomplished this in Christ through the Spirit by the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. And give him the glory. This morning, hearts all over the world will be recognizing the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Minds will be contemplating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As Christians, that's not good enough. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was necessary for our salvation, but it was also intended to give us a picture of the power of God over us in our salvation. That we might celebrate and worship him. Not just that Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, that. But with that same power, he raised us from the dead.